Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And with me today is Sarah Coombs, on-air personality and afternoon drive host at Hunter's Bay Radio, 88.7 FM, The Bay. How you doing, Sarah? I'm well. How are you? Awesome. Doing great. Did you uh, recuperate from that tornado scare last week? We did. <laughs> uh, torna- it wasn't a scare. There were two uh, confirmed. Um, one that is about 15 minutes or so. Uh, outside of Huntsville, and mm. one touched down just around the corner from the brand new house I bought. Ooh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, everybody is, is okay. There's definitely some damage to trees and whatnot, and uh, we were without power for about um, just over 24 hours. Uh, but, you know, Hydro One had a, um, a big job ahead of them to get everybody online. I think it was around 26,000 uh, customers offline. It was a pretty big deal, but everybody walked away unhurt. So that's the most important thing. Good, good. We're glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. So, Sarah, why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on at Hunter's Bay Radio? And you and I had met. um, We talked about the difference between Hunter's Bay Radio. It's, It's a unique station. Can you tell us a little bit about what differentiates Hunter's Bay Radio from uh, from the typical station? I'd love to. It's um, managed by over 60 volunteers. Mm hmm. And so it's a true community, not-for-profit radio station. My background is in commercial radio, and I have about 15 or so years in commercial radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, working uh, myself to the bone, I, I loved it. Um, but I was news director um, and cor- assistant corporate news director. I was managing a few different radio stations, news departments, and doing the morning show at the same time. And I uh, burnt myself out pretty much and resigned. And uh, that was a very hard decision to come to. But I realized that, you know, radio, commercial radio for me at that capacity, it just it wasn't working, wasn't conducive to my lifestyle. And so I did my own thing for a little while, some video production and some voiceover work and whatnot. And um, then I got a call from Hunters Bay Radio here in Huntsville, and I knew what they were all about, and they offered me a position. Mm-hmm. And since I've been there, just over a little, uh, just over a year now, I'm so impressed with what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's truly what radio is about. It. I, WKRP flashes in my brain every day. <laughs> so much fun. You know, when you walk into the station, you see the on-air person right there. We're not behind glass. We're open. We have an open-door policy. But most importantly, it's about the music, and it's not about sales. And with that comes our mandate of supporting local artists. So here in Muskoka, And then we put a focus as well on Canadian and indie artists. Mm, I love Mm. that. I love that. You know, I love the grassroots approach that you're taking. And, you know, oftentimes typical radio stations can get lost in advertising revenue. So um, and that reflects on, on, on the overall product and the music that you hear, you know, so it's really great to see you doing what you're doing. And uh, I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Again, you can go from on Hunters Bay Radio. You can go from, um, you know, Cat Stevens to Rage Against the Machine to a local artist to July Talk. Yeah, which you know, is great. It, it, yeah, it's such a different um, format. There is no format, and 
maybe that's what I love about it and I get to do what I want. Nobody's breathing down my neck. But that, see, that's the best thing of all is that when you and I had spoken, I, I talked about the station that I used to listen to in Buffalo called 97 Rock. And, and it, you know, I, I think they followed that format to a degree. They would play things like, you know, Nightlife by Foreigner instead of Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin and Black Dog by Led Zeppelin and all the songs that you come to expect to hear on, you know, rock radio. But I just, I love the fact that there is no format. It's almost like, you know, Johnny Fever, right? From WKRP. Totally. Plays when he wants to play. <laughs> and people are into that. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's almost, it almost needs to be done now because of uh, the struggle that radio has with the streaming of music and everybody um, just listening to their phones, you know, having their music on their phones. So uh, you really do need to put a spin on it if you're going to survive, I think. Well, good. All the best. And I know that uh, Hunter's Bay Radio is growing. So um, I, I look forward to seeing you guys thrive. Yeah, wonderful. So shall we get into your tunes, Sarah Coombs? Yes. All right. I'm excited. Okay, very good. You've got some uh, some great tunes here. Good variety. There's a little bit of aggression. There's a little bit of uh, happiness. So let's, let's start off here with a track by Sinead O'Connor called Troy. Yeah, so the approach that I took to these songs, this was this was tough, Brent. You know how hard this was. Oh, for I know. But it was a lot of fun. So there's just so many songs that you can choose from and so many artists. So I really tried to narrow it down by not just one tune that influenced me. I started with, okay, well, what artists have I stuck with? Mm-hmm. throughout my life and that list got narrowed down to a few hundred <laughs> and then um then i kept whittling it down and and then from that uh final list then i would pick a song uh from the artist or the band that that resonated with me and so Sinead o'connor has been with me from the get-go it, it, she's just a powerful woman. Mm-hmm. She speaks from her heart. She wears her struggles on her sleeve, but she's an advocate as well. At the same time, um, as you know, she really struggles with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I think from you know what I've read about her, that really, really started um, from the get-go, and the struggle between um, a male-dominated industry and and her being a woman, mm-hmm. and plus, uh, you know, throw in the mental health issues, and she she was very susceptible to being abused, and I use that word lightly because obviously I don't know the other side of the story; I only know her side. Mm-hmm. But that's that's how she describes it, and and so her songs clearly are this vulnerability. You hear the vulnerability in almost every one of her songs, but it's contrasted by the powerful voice that she has. And she's just gripped me with everything that she does. You know, like her or hate her, she's always been, um, you know, kind of a polarized figure. Uh, She has always spoken her mind without reservation and and you have to respect that at the end of the day yeah absolutely yeah and troy so why why did i pick troy because there's so many songs of hers that i love um i just think that troy was just so i think mainly the video as well uh you know back in the day of much music and seeing that video was just incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. um 
the song is just it's um yeah it's it's angry <laughs> uh but it's vulnerable at the same time yeah very good uh and speaking of uh anger and aggression <laughs> here next yeah. in, uh, <laughs> yeah. is, is just that so it's rage against the machine killing in the name of uh-huh. My mom loved me playing that song. <laughs> so, you know, this is one of those songs that I remember this. I laughed when I saw it on your list because I had kind of forgotten about it. It came out during my last year of university. And, you know, it was just it was an anthem for, you know, drunken frat boys. Right. It was, you know, you mix the song with alcohol and it's just not a pretty sight. And that's exactly the image that I have in my brain is uh Gord's place in St. Catharines. That's where uh, we would always go. Yeah. Um, and that song, yeah, uh, it was, there was a serious mosh pit with that song. It was yeah. just a lot of fun to dance to. <laughs> mm-hmm. In that sense, it's almost like that. What's that uh, Home for a Rest? Do you remember that tune? By, yeah. uh, Spirit of the West. Spirit of the West. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's almost, uh, it, it's got that same, uh, you know, vibe that just kind of stirs up a storm. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats? That's not right. Yes, it is. Yeah. Is it? Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. Um, SOB. That song. Somebody passed me a drink, you know? Um, yes. Yeah, that, that song as well. It's just so uh, bar tunes for sure. Killing in the Name was definitely a bar tune, but it was also hugely political. Yes. And I think that's what opened the door uh, for me to look at uh, songs and bands that uh, and and what they were really saying whereas you know Sinead O'Connor let's do the contrast of the two tunes Sinead O'Connor was more personal and her uh, personal side of things with with a little bit of uh, political advocacy in there but Rage was really all about uh, political advocacy and um, really against being against the system so they they opened up my eyes for sure and I had sort of told you a little bit about the <laughs> the U-Haul. Um, yeah. We rented a, a U-Haul to get to the concert, and this is this is one of my my absolute favorite memories. <laughs> it, it's incredible. Nobody died. Being a teenager, uh, and I don't remember. I must have been about sixteen, maybe even fifteen at the time. And we all wanted to go and see Rage and Cypress Hill. Mm-hmm. And we were based out of St. Catharines, and the concert was at the Sky Dome in Toronto. And there were about eight of us, and we thought, well, only one of us has a driver's license, so how are we going to get there? Please tell me that you didn't ride in the back of the cab on the 401. Well, um, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Because my boyfriend was the driver, and he was the only one with the credit card who could rent the giant u-haul truck so everybody else got shoved into the back so we had about six guys in the back of this giant empty (laughs) u-haul driving from st Catharines to actually niagara on the lake is where we left from so a little bit longer and to toronto and um you know it's insane if you think about it i have no idea how how they even because they were standing (laughs) <laughs> and it was just a giant empty U-Haul truck. And as we're driving, cars are, you know, honking and they're in the back banging. And I said to my boyfriend at the time, I said, uh, man, I, I kind of regret not being back there. sounds like they're having a great time. <laughs> well, we got to the very first exit yeah. and first stoplight. 
and one of the guys who was in the back ends up at the driver door pounding on the window. Oh. And it turns out that the back of the door had been open from Niagara-on-the-Lake. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So all these people who were driving past us, you know, imagine, picture that, coming up to an empty U-Haul truck with about six teenage guys. Drinking. Probably, well, possibly. <laughs> And but you know gripping what the side there's nothing to grip in there to hold on to no. and, and they pull up to us and it's this you know my boyfriend at the time was a kind of little I'm little now all of a sudden they see two teenagers who are little driving this massive U-Haul truck and the door is open <laughs> it just <laughs> it was uh, it was a pretty funny time and I'm glad that uh, everybody was okay <laughs> yeah well, so am I that could have been a, a, a major disaster. You're very lucky. Good yes. God. It was a great content, too. I, be I bet. How <laughs> was the drive home? I don't know. I was just going to say, I don't remember the drive home. I was in the front. I think I think we made sure that door was closed for the ride home. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you fit eight people into a, a rental vehicle? You rent a giant U-Haul truck. That's the logical solution to that problem, of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the things we do when we're young, Sarah. Well, hey, rage influenced that. Yes. You know, just um, find a way. Find, you know? find a way. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. <laughs> we did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So somebody who would have been very proud of that. Uh, is Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, and and he uh, is the next song. Something I can never have from Pretty Hate Machine is next on your list. Yes, I um, adore that song. I, I, you know, Trent Reznor, he's a genius, mm -hmm. and so any Nine Inch Nails song, really, it, he's just incredibly creative. Was doing something that nobody else really at the time was doing. And uh, so, again, I, I resonated with that. And then um, the memory trigger for this song, and I think why I find it so powerful to this day, is because when you listen to it on headphones, it's a different experience. There's mm -hmm. a lot going on in that song. I described it to you as one man, one piano. But it's it's so much more than that going on in the background with the, the drums, you know, slamming kind of like a door and um, or thunder and um, the synthesizers that are they're going on back there. And so I was introduced to that song. Um, well, during a class trip, I was in a drama class in high school mm -hmm. and we went to uh, Die Fleurmas, the okay. opera in Toronto. And somehow during intermission, we found ourselves, a few of us, uh, in the lounge area after intermission was over. All the lights were out. There was like the emergency lights on, so it was quite dark. Mm -hmm. And a uh, very gorgeous atmosphere of plush, uh, burgundy, um, velvet chairs. And we were, you know, we stayed down there. We, we didn't go to the second act of the opera. We hung out down there, <laughs> um, you know, stole some drinks, some pop from the, the taps that were there and had a great time. And then apparently this um, friend of mine who turns out he told me that he had a crush on me through that song. I didn't know. I thought we were just friends. And wow. so he came up to me and he had his Walkman and headphones 
and he put me, um, he said, come and sit here. Mm -hmm. And he designated this chair that was right in front of these floor to ceiling mirrors that were surrounding me really, Mm -hmm. um, in, in sort of a, you know, a half circle. And, I don't remember seeing any other friends. I just remember sitting in front of those mirrors and listening to that song. And it got the point across. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of my favorite things about doing this this program is hearing stories like that one and how music is kind of the soundtrack to these really, you know, incredible experiences and, and that you take them with you over the course of your life. That's a really, really cool story. Yeah, it's it's one of those stories where I wish. Well, same with the <laughs> same with the U-Haul experience. It's <laughs> the, those are stories I really wish people were there when I talk about them because I feel like I just can't get the intensity of the situation across. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, I, I think that uh, you know, for me at least, when I hear these stories, you can you can um, kind of identify and relate stories that you might have yourself um, that might be similar, but. Yeah, nothing's lost in the story for me. I just, I, I imagine that. And I think it's, I just think it's very cool. Mm-hmm. And being such a young age too, you know, and, and you're on a class trip and you really should probably be with your class and your teacher, but instead, for some reason, you're stealing pop um, <laughs> in the lounge when you shouldn't be there. Yeah, it was, it was good fun, but it was, it was definitely, that's a song with um, a very uh, clear message and just the power in his voice along with what he does musically with it i find um very unique to this day well that's kind of where i was going with that is that i imagine the intensity of that situation as a result of the intensity of this song because i do know this song and i can imagine that paired with that particular situation and how the how all of it just must have been a very potent situation for you mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm you know, uh, when I hear about these suicides, Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell, you know, I, I always wonder about Trent Reznor just because of the malevolence and the, the blackness of the Nine Inch Nails catalog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good point. It's, you wonder how somebody can be so dark mm-hmm. um, and expressive in, in that regard. Uh, without it affecting. But again, you know, look at, uh, you know, something I can never have was in um, one of Quentin Tarantino's movies. And there there you go. Look at Quentin Tarantino and the movies that he does. Mm-hmm. Talk about being, you know, dark and violent. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good thing to ponder. You wonder how some people get by okay with having that kind of um, a brain that's wired that way. Yeah. And I mean, hats off to the fact that Trent can clearly compartmentalize this stuff and manage it effectively. But, you know, it's incredible because this stuff is so legitimately dark. It's not it's clearly not just, you know, fodder. This is when you listen to a Nine Inch Nails song like this one, it's you know, it's 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 deeply dark. Yeah. Good pick. So far, we have super sad, super angry, super dark. Yes. So what's super next? The Pixies, Broken Face. This is super, what would you say this is? Weird. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) This is a very strange song. It is. Yeah. And I I think that's, I mean, the Pixies are strange, uh, but that's why I love them. And they were, for me, 
the people that I was surrounded with at the time, they were listening to, you know, uh, the Beastie Boys, Nirvana, the Chili Peppers, the Hip, the Smiths. And I love all those bands. And I listen to all those bands as well. Mm -hmm. And I had a hard time um, not including them in, in my list and, and obviously so many more. But the Pixies came out of nowhere for me mm -hmm. with um, Broken Face. And I just went, what? And it, it's kind of, it's, it, it's sort of like um, Jesus Built My Hot Rod. I think that was the ministry, right? <laughs> uh, the right? ministry, the ministry, yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> that song, it was another one of, what? What is happening here? And, yeah. But I, I, I never really got into the ministry so, so hardcore. But the Pixies, I started exploring them. And every tune, tune after tune after tune, I just loved them. Yeah, here comes your man's probably my favorite Pixies tune. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, it was a toss-up for me of uh, "Down to the Well" and "Broken Face." And "Down to the Well" is is really clearly talking about um, two young kids going down to the well to have sex. Mm -hmm. But it's not blatant like that. But once you really start to listen to it, it it is blatant, but it's um, a clever blatant, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, that's another fun one as well. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, so Super Weird gives way to, I'm going to say this next tune is super chill for yeah. me. It's uh, Martin Sexton digging me. Yeah, Martin Sexton, I think, is my all-time favorite. And it's because of just the range that he has. He can go from Glory Bound, which is the first real tune that, I heard of his mm -hmm. and it, it, it's sort of um, ballad-ish yep. and uh, he holds some incredible notes and, uh, and and then can go to the diner, one of his tunes, that is um, like a 60s uh, kind of vibe and he does like quite a bit of scat and he does, um, you know, he'll play a trumpet just like, well, I was going to say just with his mouth. He <laughs> makes a trumpet. <laughs> Uh, sound without the trumpet. I don't know musically what that is called when you imitate instruments with, with your voice. It's not beatboxing. We'll say that. No. no. <laughs> I, I, I think beatboxing is pretty cool. Okay. That he doesn't do. But he, yeah, he, so he'll imitate that. And, and he is bang on when he does that. And to me, that's incredible. And so... Yeah, just to be able to go from the ballad to the sort of 60s vibe with some scat and imitating trumpets with your voice. And then he's got uh, Gypsy Woman, which is sort of a dirty, bluesy, guitarish kind of song. Mm -hmm. He is, he's incredible. He doesn't get, I've never heard him on the radio except for when I play him. So he gets very little airtime. Mm -hmm. I think he's he's kind of an underground artist. I think he sort of possibly maybe likes it that way. Yeah, I kind of like that about him. And I know what you mean. He's he's almost like, um, you know what? It's hard to describe. People who really love music love Martin Sexton. You know, mm -hmm. he's not popular. I get the feeling Martin Sexton's actually happy about that. But, you know, purists... Um, you know, people who like Al Green and, and that sort of vibe, you know, really, really dig Martin Sexton. Yeah. And uh, so, as I said, Glory Bound was the, the memory trigger. I was living out west at the time when I first heard Glory Bound. Mm -hmm. And 
was uh, driving when I heard it alone. It was a CD that was in my car. I'm not even too sure who uh, put it there. I think possibly my husband borrowed it from one of uh, the guys that he worked with or a friend or something. And uh, Glory Bound came on and I just, you know, instantly, whoa, what, what is this? And then that became my, my driving anthem. Yeah. Um, for, for that summer, for sure. And then so Diggin' Me is just, um, I don't know, it's a, a real fun tune. And I think it shows, um, it sums up what he can do very nicely in, in that tune. Yeah, I agree. I have the Black Sheep record and uh, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see him in uh, October at Peter's Players in Gravenhurst. Oh, really? People. Yep. Yep, it fits 88 people, and it's so it's. I'm I'm so excited. My husband got me tickets as a surprise, and I cried. That's awesome. And I'm pretty sure I'm gonna cry through the entire concert. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> that's great. I didn't know that he was coming up here. He is. He that's is. Awesome. And that's the thing. He doesn't come to this area. Uh, he doesn't even really come to Toronto, does he? So for him to come to Peter's Players in Gravenhurst, where only 88 people can get in, that's pretty special. I wonder how that came about. Peter's Players is uh, just a really great place. They have some very big names there. It's mm-hmm. at a guy's house, Peter's house. And I have not been yet, but I've heard it's quite the experience. Really looking forward to it. Wow. And it fits exactly 88 people. Yeah. Not 88.7 people. (laughs) No. Well, I might count as the point seven. (laughs) Because I'm so short. (laughs) All right. That is your song list, Sarah. I know that you have other other songs that you want to talk about. So maybe what we'll do is we will uh, have you back and and we can talk about those um, in another episode. What do you think? I would love to. And thanks for the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun. You're very welcome. I love chatting with you. I, I had a great time. These are great tunes. So well done. Great variants and a fun chat. Wonderful. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Hey, this has been Brent Jensen and No Sleep Till Sudbury with my very special guest, Sarah Coombs. Till next time, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon worldwide.